Winds in the east, mist coming in, like something is brewing and about to begin. Can't put me finger on what lies in store, but I fear what's to happen or happened before. What the fuck was that? <laughs> that was that was my Cockney accent. Oh my god, I loved it. Oh. <laughs> I thought I was in London with Eliza Doolittle right now. <laughs> <laughs> this, this week we're doing Mary Poppins versus Mary Poppins Returns. Expialidocious, even though the sound of it is something quite atrocious. If you say it loud enough, you'll always sound precocious. So- Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Movie Deja Vu, a podcast that asks the question, didn't I see this somewhere? From two movie aficionados. My name is Shady, and with me, as always, is my co-host, John. You could consider us the unruly siblings of this podcast. Hello, governor. (laughs) And uh, aren't we so lucky that this week we actually have a special guest who can be our magical nanny. It's my sister, Annie. Hi. I'm Mary Poppins, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Oh, good. She gets it. Great. (laughs) We're we're Uh, in it to win it on this episode. Yes. So, Annie, welcome. Uh, you are our second guest on this podcast ever. Awesome. First relative, though. First relative. And for I'll the take record, that. I'm so thrilled you're joining us for this episode because Annie is the biggest Disney fan slash buff slash knower of things that I know personally. <laughs> and especially Mary Poppins was always one of your favorites. Yes, yes. I always loved Mary Poppins. A uh, huge fan since I can remember of Julie Andrews and Dick Van Dyke. Um, so thank you so much for having me. My husband says I have the face for podcasting. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, so I'm oh, <laughs> just kidding. Oh, I'm just kidding. He oh, hates when I tell that joke. <laughs> and you're still married to him? My God. <laughs> Well, he's got life insurance, so. Yeah, John, you don't understand. He's very tall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he, he doesn't like it when I tell people that joke. And I also say he's my uh, first husband. He doesn't <laughs> like that either. <laughs> I like you. We're going to have you come back yeah. already. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You, you can do a shit job comparing these movies. <laughs> You're coming back. (laughs) I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed listening to the podcast yesterday, and I just texted Courtney, like, pretty please, let me guest on it. And this is a perfect one, because like she said, I know a lot about Disney and Disney movies, and especially Mary Poppins, so very excited to help out. All right, so as we said in the intro, we're doing Mary Poppins and Mary Poppins Returns, so this is you know, another sequel remake similar to when we did Star Wars um, quite a few episodes ago. Um, ten, to be ten. exact. Oh, <laughs> ten episodes, exactly. Whoa, we're doing this on every four. You're welcome, world. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Mary Poppins was released in 1964. It was written by Bill Walsh and Don DeGrady. DeGrady? DeGrady. They say it in the movie Saving Mr. Banks, and I didn't remember how he pronounced it. Anyway, (laughs) it's based on the books by P.L. Travers. 
directed by Robert Stevenson. It has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 100% perfect, wow. fresh score. Pra- practically perfect in every way. There we this go. Is, this is our second movie on the mm-hmm. podcast that had, the first one was what, Boyhood? Yeah. Yes. And then the Metacritic is 88 out of 100. And this is out of 13 positive reviews. That's it. Great. But the reviews range from 100 to 90 to 80 to 75 and all that. Um, And then the IMDb summary for this movie is, In turn-of-the-century London, a magical nanny employs music and adventure to help two neglected children become closer to their father. Like, did we really need to read it? Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's very basic. If If you haven't seen Mary Poppins already, stop. Watch it. Yeah. Get back to us. And what kind of childhood did you have? Right. You have not. You have seen. three people judging you. Mm-hmm. I mean, if nothing else, even if you've never actually seen it, it's such a famous movie and such a famously referenced movie, you should mm-hmm. probably know what it's about. Yeah. yeah. Actually, really quick, I didn't write this down as one of my facts because it was too scientific and I was like, I can't even <laughs> fathom this language. But actually, Mary Poppins originated kind of the creation for green screens and what they use in like modern day movie making. Mm. So it is completely influential in modern movie making. Yeah, because of you what? know the scenes with the cartoons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they hired like wow. an actual engineer to do all of that. Again, it's like engineering terms. So I was like, really interested but like kind of going over my head at the same time yeah they had there had been movies before where there were sequences with animated characters in a live mm-hmm. action setting but i think this is the earliest movie where it's live action characters in an animated setting right yeah and then of course we're comparing it to the 2018 sequel mary poppins returns uh which had a screenplay by david mcgee Story by David McGee, Rob Marshall, and John DeLuca, also based on the books by P.L. Travers. Directed by Rob Marshall, it has a 79% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes and a 66 out of 100 from Metacritic. And that is out of, I can't do math right now, but there's (laughs) 36 positive reviews, 16 mixed reviews, and two negative reviews. What is that, like 54? 54 reviews, yeah. Yeah. And the IMDb summary for that is, a few decades after her original visit, Mary Poppins, the magical nanny, returns to help the bank siblings and Michael's children through a difficult time in their lives. So, Annie, before we actually get into it, you were saying with Mary Poppins that they, uh, the original Mary Poppins, (laughs) that was the first CGI, uh, green screen ish movie blue screen whatever you want to call it yeah it was kind of like the birth of the modern day green screen um the way that they like the they use the visual um effects in that movie would you agree with me that mary poppins returns is to date the last disney feature film that has 2d animation i think that's correct because they're yeah. doing all the 3D stuff now. Yeah, yeah. The a, Walt Disney Animation Studios um, a few years ago transferred completely over to CGI. They shut down the traditional animation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, in like the 2000s. Right. Because then, think... then they did Princess and the Frog. Right. 
But, that but was... I think like even this movie, they didn't actually use Disney Animation Studios. I think they outsourced it to a different studio. But I, huh. I mean like Disney, not, not Animation Studios, but Di a Disney product yeah. has 2D mm -hmm. animation. Because now they're all about the 3D. Right. Yeah, I think, I think that's correct. Or I should say computer animation. Yeah. So Shady, yeah. I love the way that you talk the bare bones plot. <laughs> It's very lyrical. Can oh, you just thank do you. it? Just sure. Do it. Um, try, try it as you might. Okay. You <laughs> well, I didn't, I'm going to be honest, I didn't even write an outline out for these movies comparing the plots because usually I do that to try to string things together that are done very differently in each movie. These movies are the Cut and dry. Same. Cut and paste. Yeah. <laughs> So they both take place at 17 Cherry Tree Lane in London with the Banks family. Um, both of them feature as main characters, Jane and Michael Banks, who are siblings. There is some issue causing a rift in the family. Um, oh, also, both of them have the same maid, Ellen. Yes, mm -hmm. um, I, did, I did clock that. A change in the wind brings Mary Poppins to 17 Cherry Tree Lane to help out the Banks siblings. Um, family. The they, family, yes. The family, really, because yeah. don't want to forget the parents. Right. <laughs> and and the two sets of children in the right. sequel. There is a reason why they called the movie that is about the making of this movie Saving Mr. Banks. <laughs> Which is um, a great movie, listeners. If you haven't seen it, it's so heartwarming. So Mary Poppins comes in, and she is, there is some sort of street worker who works around Cherry Tree Lane who is already familiar with her and sort of provides exposition to the audience without it being outright narration. Does that make sense? It's I'm a musical, argue. so he, he sings, so that acts as narration, but it's not I'm, like he looks into the camera. And I'm like, going to argue like, with you on that point, though. Okay. Because Dick Van Dyke does turn to the camera. Yeah, Granted, he's talking right. beginning I, I guess, and end. You're right. I, I guess uh, what I mean is he's not like, hey, audience, you know? Right. He's talking to a person looking for the house. Mm -hmm. um, and Whereas Lin-Manuel Miranda is always in the world of the right. movie. Right. Okay, yes. Good distinction. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, Star, don't mean to correct you, but I was, well, but <laughs> no, to no, correct okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, John, I get it. Um, <laughs> and this worker in both movies has a Cockney accent, or what is supposed to be a Cockney accent. Which Wolf. I don't understand if they're, like, for both the movies, they plan to have an actor with a co or a character with a Cockney accent. So why for both of them did they hire an American actor? When, like, most right. of the other cast is British. Like, I right. don't understand. I think well, it was for star name, like, the name. Yeah. Yeah. Because they are both big stars. They all are, at the time that these movies were each respectively released, they were both most famous for being singers, and at least Dick Van Dyke as a dancer. Lynn's not quite so much a dancer. No, but he's... But he's, he, you know, Disney Hamilton. owns him. Right. Disney yeah. Him. <laughs> like, Robert Johnson sold his soul to the devil... To be the best, like, <laughs> guitar player. Kind of the same. Yeah, Lynn same sold situation. his soul to uh, the cryogenically frozen head of <laughs> Walt Disney. <laughs> so Mary Poppins comes in. She introduced, she gets herself hired. She talks herself into basically tricking the parents of each movie 
into agreeing that she's been hired. She never, <laughs> like, the Mr. Banks of each movie never actually says, you're going to be our new nanny. She's just like, hi, hello, I'm your new nanny. These are my rules, blah, blah, blah. And then goes up to the nursery and the parents are just like, uh, okay, Hi. that's that's our that's our nanny. <laughs> she meets the children and then she gets them to do some sort of chore via song, trying to make oh, yeah. something that the kids don't want to do. She makes it seem fun and magical things happen. And then there is on another day, they go on some sort of outing where they end up inside an animated world because they are actually inside an object of some sort. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. A um, piece of artwork, if you will. There yeah. you go. That's the best um, way to put it. Yeah. So there's an extended sequence inside this animated world, which involves talking animals, and specifically <clears throat> in each one, a talking animal with an Irish accent. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, I, I want to slip in a fun fact here, and I know okay. it wasn't my movie, but I don't know if Annie or Shady, you picked up on this, but not only is this the return of our good friend Julie Andrews, but it's also the return of our good friend Marnie Nixon. Yes! Ooh, oh, good call. We, we did um, The King and I and The Sound of Music, so obviously mm. we're, good for, we're good friends with Dean Julie Andrews. Obviously. Mar Marnie Nixon was a voice in both of those. Mm -hmm. I knew she was a voice in Mary Poppins, mm -hmm. but yeah, I didn't she, know that she was in Sound of Music. I forget also, how she does. Yeah, I know they had a few people do voices for Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, because obviously that's a crowd song, but it's animated. Um, yeah, she was also like a couple of the animals in Jolly Holiday. Oh, okay, yeah. that makes sense. She's the, ge the geese, I know for sure. Mm -hmm. and maybe other ones. Speaking of that <laughs> song, Shady, and I blew Shady's mind the other day mentioning this, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious is a real word. Yo, so I just figured that out today because <laughs> I was writing that word in my Google Doc and that like red line came underneath and then the option to spell it correctly came up and I was like, how does Google know? how to spell this word. Like, it blew my mind. Well, because there's multiple ways to spell it. It originated in the 40s, and it means, like, very wonderful, fantastic. It's also okay. a good word for when you don't know what to what say. To say. <laughs> <laughs> so then, after they are finished... Oh, and that adventure in both movies also involves some sort of chase scene. That's a bit oh, of a stretch. Yeah. It's, a, it's a race. They do a horse race in um, the first Mary Poppins. And then there's also, I guess you could extend that to the fox hunt. The car chase scene. Yeah. In, uh, the and then sequel. in Mary Poppins Returns, there's a car chase scene. Because um, it's, you know, 2018, we got to get action scenes in there now. That's what sells anymore. Especially the ending. <laughs> yeah. Well, all of a sudden you're like, wait. What? What did I? <laughs> what, what movie am I watching? Uh, <laughs> I look away for one second. <laughs> and you ride up to Big Ben? Why? <laughs> <laughs> so after this day of adventure, the children are getting tucked into bed. Mary Poppins first sort of slyly denies that anything fantastical had happened that day, which makes the children question everything. But then mm -hmm. she also sings them a lullaby to sleep. The next 
big event that happens is they go to a relative of Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the relative happens first and then the yeah, bank happens. Yeah, and then the yeah. bank. Um, and the relative is somebody who has kooky things happen to them. And the kooky things also start happening to Mary and the kids and the worker who is with them, Bert in the original movie, Jack in the new one. Um, and then they go to the bank and the kids screw something up for their father which brings the family to financial strife. But I feel like in both instances, the kids are not wrong. No, they're not. No. They're just being children. Like, Dawes Sr. stole those tuppence. He did. And, yeah. and, and Michael wanted to do a good thing with them, too. It's a good thing to help the needy. It's a good thing to help the poor. And the bankers just think that the only thing that matters is investments. Right. Um, and like the minute that he turns his hand away from his chest, Dick Van Dyke's character just swoops in and steals the money. Yeah. And it's like, no, he's not, he didn't hand it out. To, it would be one thing if he handed it out to the bankers. It's another to be like, I'm just slowly turning it because I'm listening and I'm not really paying attention to my, where my hand goes. Right. He's just sort of... He's being a kid. He's just drifting off mentally because, uh, I don't know, as a kid, I never wanted to fucking listen to people talk about investments. Ugh, still don't. I know. <laughs> Even at 32 years old, I was like, maybe I should listen to this or... because I have to be, like, financially responsible. But, like, goddamn, I just want to go feed some birds. And then, yeah. you know, the kids in the sequel hear Colin Firth, who, mm-hmm. by the way, fantastic villain. Yes. Um, mm-hmm basically twirl his mustache and say we're gonna get that house so they run to their dad and they're like oh hey bad guy over here (laughs) and the dad's like what he's helping us right yeah um but he's Colin Firth there's no way there's no way (laughs) he was in the king's speech (laughs) yeah I love actually I've (laughs) seen Mamma Mia and the sequel (laughs) he's a good guy in those movies too yeah So then, because of that, the children are afraid that their father is angry with them and does not love them anymore. So Bert and Jack, in their respective movies, they find the kids and they cheer them up with this big, fantastical group number all about the job that they do or the job that they're doing at that particular point in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so the kids reconcile with it. Well... Okay, I'm trying to think of the right way to phrase it. No, you're, you're, you're on the right track. Yeah. So there, there's an emotional scene with the children and the father and the father coming to a realization that he is alienating his children and he is not being the father that he wants to be to them. And Mary Poppins is there to guide him along that realization. Does that work? Yes. <laughs> or is there a better way to say that? No, I think that's spot on. That's the dads on. have like cats in the cradle situations. Mm. And and the silver spoons? Yeah. <laughs> Realizing that like they're missing uh, out on their children's childhood and yeah, and, and get there. And they're not encouraging this sense of magic that their children feel in the world or are learning to feel in the world. Um, mm-hmm. and they as a, as fathers are not fostering that and really seeing how valuable that is. Right. Um, and they sing a song about uh, that they have to stop and smell the roses, basically. Yeah. 
you know, with let's go fly tight and nowhere to go but up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then, I guess there, there is, uh, in both movies, there's a confrontation with the, with the antagonistic bankers. Before the, the Stop and Smell the Roses song. Right. The dad is like, fuck you, bank. <laughs> yeah. And the day is saved. And the, the two, I'll say the two parental figures to the children. Mm-hmm. Go yeah. to they they go to the park with the kids at the end singing this happy wonderful song and they end up playing with an item that is held aloft by a string <laughs> that is meant to float. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Oh my and god. While they are happily rebonding as a family, Mary Poppins realizes that her job is done and she floats away. Well, she has the, she says how long she's going to be there for. Mm-hmm. And the first one, it's when the winds change. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the sequel, it's when the door opens. Now, yes. I want to make an argument about this point, this okay. one. So I know that they show you the wind magically opening up the bank's family door. Mm-hmm. Could you? Could we arguably say though, when Dawes Junior comes out, maybe that like that's also the door that opens. Mm, that's a good argument. I was thinking because there is a mention. There's something similar in one of the Mary Poppins books where she says that she's going to leave when the nursery door opens. And the kids say, oh, that door. And she says, no, the other one. And they don't know what she's talking about until the very end. But it's very different than what they do in the movie. But, like, she does. She just says, the door opens. Right. And, you know, Dick Van Dyke bursts into a room. Oh, opens. there we go. There's a, an old banker played by Dick Van Dyke in both movies. Mm-hmm. I don't want to forget that. <laughs> but he bursts into the room. And that's why saves the day for the new Banks family. So that's where I'm like, wait, I know that there's literally a door magically opening, but like, does it also count that one? I think she's not very specific with Right. Well, doesn't (laughs) Michael also say something like he feels a door has been opened, like metaphorically inside himself? Sure. (laughs) So we have the literal, the symbolic, and the metaphorical door. Yes. Sure. Yes. And she's like, oh. all right, that's three doors. I got to check yeah. out. She's like, I mean, do- one of those has to be the door, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm three doors down. Got to go. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to like list the songs that were the same, basically. Uh, yeah. And besides the ones that we mentioned, would you say the life I lead, the, ver- the first part of it, mm-hmm. not the part where he's talking about finding a nanny, but mm-hmm. like, the first part and a conversation in Mary Poppins Returns, the one that he sings in the attic. Mm-hmm. Would you say that they're about the same character-wise? They're both ex- they're both character exposition songs. It's like they serve the same function in that way. Um, and because Michael, this is the first time we are ever meeting Mr. George Banks is in Mary Poppins um, mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. that song. So we have to get an idea for his personality with the difference would be that with Michael, we knew him as a kid. This is the second movie we're seeing him in. So we need the exposition for what has changed him over the years. And that's why his exposition song is so sad. 
It was yeah. very sad. I couldn't <laughs> handle it. <laughs> Mary, I was not prepared for how sad Mary Poppins Returns is. They got they got real, real, real fast. Yeah. Yeah. This had to happen, but it also made me so sad to see Jane and Michael grown up and having forgotten the magical things they did with Mary Poppins. Yeah. Well, and this, and they, they question it. It's not that they forget it. Right, but they, like, think, they think they imagined it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the Peter Pan syndrome. Yeah. You know, and you right. grow up and you forget what it's like to be a child. And that is one of the big themes of, uh, of the whole franchise is that you forget how magical things can be when you grow up. But it was still like depressing to see that in the kids who we saw learn about all the magic in the first place. Yeah. And it's interesting that the adventures and the songs that they sing are actually the fun ways that Mary Poppins is teaching the children, the young, the young children lessons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she, Julie Andrews's character outright says it, you know, mm-hmm. like when she, before she sings Spoonful of Sugar, she's like, why can't you have both? Why can't you do work and have fun while doing work? Right. You know, snap and all of a sudden your apartment's clean. I wish that was true. I know. <laughs> that was such a letdown when I moved out of my parents' house. It's like, I swore I would snap and my mom would put my laundry away. Like, I don't know <laughs> yeah. what I'm doing wrong. No, then, I was just talking to, last night I was talking to my dad about, he remembers seeing this movie for the first time ever in theaters when it first came out. Yeah, because he's out. like a billion years old. Yeah, he's, he's an old man. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. he, he, he said he was, I think he was like eight years old when it came out. Um, and he said he remembered being so disappointed when he went home that night and snapped his fingers <laughs> and things did not clean themselves up. Yeah, because he was like the same age as Jane and Michael. Yeah. But then the second lesson that she teaches is during Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious and a cover is not, not the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where, those were very similar. Where a cover is not the book is a little more literal. And then also... The lullaby, kind of. Mm-hmm. Kind mm-hmm. of. I mean, if you really listen to Stay Awake, it's reverse psychology. Like, that whole movie has reverse psychology everywhere. Oh, and I'm right. surprised. Yeah, yeah um, she should have been a therapist, like, honestly. <laughs> but yes. she, like, helped the children and the adults realize so much about themselves right. without ever saying anything. Like, that is straight up cognitive behavioral therapy right there. Right. Well, that was not really a field of study back then, but that is what a lot of very good governesses were meant to do. They were meant to sort of help families. They weren't just supposed to help children. Right. We can go on and on about like how there's a female adult character that's very liberal. um, Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, there's some sort of social fight. But Winifred Banks... Mm-hmm. is more secretive about it right yeah that, that was is, one is that... thing so i rewatched mary poppins this morning and she's very submissive when mr banks comes home yeah like, she is. like yeah. there's she's... there's like comments where she's like oh i need to get changed before he comes home because he hates seeing me which like re- like i found really disappointing because it's like oh but like, in the end sad. she happily flies the votes for yes. women's sash and yes. so she has a proper tail and i'm like yay yeah yeah so in that way she did grow right jane is a lot more she's open with it and everything Mm -hmm. um her real storyline is that she's got to get laid and she's got to get laid by (laughs) she's got to get laid by alexander hamilton Mm -hmm. with help with help by mary poppins mary poppins (laughs) is a total wingman (laughs) yes 
Another similarity is that actors voiced another character. Mm-hmm. Mm. So Julie Andrews was the cardinal that whistles with her in um, Spoonful of Sugar. Oh, I didn't know that. Surprise! Yay! <laughs> I think she's also one of the the animated characters in Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. So she I would actually, not be yeah, she actually sings two parts in that <clears throat> song. Like and, Mr. Banks also voices one of the characters in that song, and he's the voice of the uh, parrot umbrella. Yes, I knew that. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then you have Colin Firth, Jeremy Swift, and. Kobna Holbrook Smith. So Colin Firth and then the two lawyers. Yeah. Play there with which I don't like that they made Kobna Hol- Holbrook Smith a weasel. Yeah. Personally. Ooh. I understand yeah. why you made Colin Firth's character a wolf. I understand why you made Jeremy Swift's character a badger. But like he's empathetic. He's yeah, not he, a weasel. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have any other like similarities besides the fact that it's cut and dry the same movie? Uh, uh, let me check my notes. I had that a little light fantastic, fantastic, a similar step in time, but we did talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Turning Turtle and I Love to Laugh are the same. Yeah. Yeah, I had that in most, there as well. Yeah. I think most of the songs you can directly draw which song it is in both movies. Um, I also want to say this has nothing to do with similarities, but something that really excited me in Mary Poppins Returns. But the balloon lady is Angela Lansbury. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I found that very exciting. Like, I almost jumped out of my seat when I saw her. <laughs> well, because then they, she's... Mary Poppins Returns as uh, more, I don't want to say they're more well-known actors because I wasn't around in 1960s, but <laughs> like um, they bring back other Disney actors. Mm-hmm. Right, so, and like, Bedknobs and Broomsticks was so similar. Right, well, Bedknobs and Broomsticks was made based off of the popularity of Mary Poppins. Right, and, and David also, Tomlinson was also in that. Right. And then also Angela Lansbury voiced Mrs. Potts. Mm-hmm. You know, and she sings the title song "Beauty and the Beast," which is award-winning, very popular. You yes, know? that that won an Oscar. I'm pretty and, sure it did. And yeah, then, um, obviously, the the relatives of Mary Poppins are played by famous actors. Right, mm-hmm. um, Uncle Albert is another Disney voice actor. He was yeah. Mad Hatter. And then Meryl Streep was also in another Disney movie called Into the Woods. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. <laughs> no, was... can you tell me more? Who's this Meryl Streep you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun fact. Also, the third movie that stars both Meryl Streep and Emily Blunt. Yay. <laughs> but it's interesting that oh, yeah. Devil Wears Prada is Meryl's movie and Emily is like featured in it. Yeah. Into the Woods, they're kind of equal. Yeah. And then they switch in yep. this one. Now it's oh. Emily's world. Now it's Emily's movie. <laughs> Meryl's and Meryl just living has a in scene. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and obviously Dick Van Dyke comes back in both movies. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Is there any like other big similarities that we haven't mentioned at all that you want to talk about? Because I have a few differences I want to mention. Yeah. Well, the big difference I have is that Mary Poppins, the original, presented the ideas. And then mm-hmm. Mary Poppins Returns fan surfaced those ideas. <laughs> Mary Poppins, the original, fan-serviced the books. So mm-hmm. I don't, I've never read, but I've never read the books. So 
they felt like that they brought in, rewatching it this time, I was like, oh, it felt like they brought in things that would have been presented in a book form. Like at the very end, the umbrella talks, which I felt like that was a, that may have been a thing in the books. I don't know, because I haven't. No, in the books, it happens the same way as it does in the movie, where it happens very late, out of nowhere, the umbrella talks. <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> and then you have, like, all the Easter eggs here and there. Yeah. Thrown, thrown about. Uh, even mentioning, like, let's go fly a kite. And... Right. And well, I mean, they use the same kite. The kite is used very diff. Well, no, the kite actually has the same function in both movies, which is that it it symbolizes the the connection between the father and the children. Yeah. Um, but in Mary Poppins Returns, it has this bonus plot related function where that's where the certificate that they've been looking for is, which leads to this weird action scene that. <laughs> <laughs> I did not much care for personally. Same. I was I was over it at that point. I was yeah. like, I gotta do laundry there's, now. <laughs> there's too many in returns there's just too many storylines going on. Yeah. I agree. It was it, it kind of like like muddied the waters a little bit. I really and, enjoy the simplicity of Mary Poppins, the original, because the plot is very basic. And I also like it, one of the big differences for me between the two was that, like, Mary Poppins, there really isn't a villain. So, like, Daw Sr., like, you could see him more as the villain and the people at the bank, but they kind of turn around at the end. Right. Flying the kite. And then again, like, they're also kind of, like, um, helped by Mary Poppins indirectly. Mm-hmm. Whereas then, in Mary Poppins Returns, you have in the cartoon scene, you have the wolf that we're, you were just talking about. And then you also have Colin Firth. And, and for me, it was kind of like, I don't know, I just kind of missed that just like the simplicity of Mary Poppins and how it's just so mm. like, it's just so enjoyable because yeah. there really is no huge issues of like losing your house right, right. <laughs> like yeah the, the, the stakes are purely your relationship to your family instead of your relationship to your family but also you're gonna lose everything mm-hmm. um i just didn't need that because yeah. i just don't i just don't see the mary like because i saw the musical too and even the musical didn't have that it was just very straightforward like here's this magical nanny who comes every once in a while and there's this guy bert who dances on the ceiling and that's like all you needed yeah and then what mary poppins is trying to do to the children is also different sorry mm-hmm. i want to rephrase that because that sounds wrong <laughs> <laughs> The lessons that Mary Poppins is teaching the children is also very different. In the original, I mean, the way that they made them sound like they were little shits and monsters. And I was like, I don't see this yeah. at all on, on this film. Mm-hmm. Right. They were uh, so precious. They, they were apologizing. Precious. Yeah. They were, it, yeah. They were it just British. seemed like Katie Nana was a fucking bitch. That's what it Oh, I know. Like. Stupid Katie Nana. But <laughs> yeah. George won, wanted his kids to act more adult mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which you know she puts mary poppins puts them on that path right you know, right by, well, she nurtures a maturity in them she she doesn't toss yeah. she doesn't expect them to just act like adults right yeah, we're like they, she takes both george and the children and kind of like gets them to a understand little, each other mm-hmm. yeah yeah whereas in returns 
the kids are acting too much like adults. Right. Mm-hmm. Mary Poppins is like, no, no, you are children. And then also, again, she brings them the twins at least. Because mm-hmm. Georgie's on a land of his own. Georgie needs a sense of stability in his life because he's right. so young when he loses his mother that he like has nothing to moor him to the earth anymore, basically. And then she not only like brings Michael to meet the kids on a level playing field, but like she also is just like, without really saying this, I know you had a major upset in your life, Mm -hmm. but like you have your kids here. Right, there's something you need to work on. There's something you need to work on and your wife is always present in them. Thus, um, the, 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 the where the lost things go. Thank you. Oh, the last things go. Oh, geez. The reprise of that song just like tore my heart out. I was not prepared to feel that emotional watching this movie. (laughs) Another thing is costuming. Mm -hmm. They're different. Yeah. That was probably my favorite thing about Mary Poppins Returns. And I'm willing to say that for the most part, I prefer the costumes in Returns to the original. Where the costumes tell the story as well. Right, I'm yeah. a I'm a costumer, Annie. I don't know if I <laughs> ah. if I told you this. So no, I, but that's so I, cool. I paid attention to <laughs> such <laughs> yeah, things. You notice things. And the Banks family is all in like dark tones and cool tones mm-hmm. uh, up until the very end, mm-hmm. where they're all in those bright pastel colors. I loved that. Yeah, it was I mean, so eye catching, and I don't not, know anything about costumes storytelling but i was just like wow i love that blazer she's wearing on jane <laughs> like I'm, that bright pink i'm not counting the when they go into the bowl though that's right. another story right i but, love though when they do that and, and obviously jolly holiday the outfits in that are iconic those are possibly the most iconic outfits in either of these movies yeah but i mm-hmm. loved that in returns they looked like they were hand painted they looked like I they were part of that. the bowl but in the original, they went, it seemed like they went for more realism, mm-hmm. where you see Mrs. Banks wear the same coat or dress. I don't know if that's a coat or a dress, really. Jane and Michael have the same overcoats. Mm-hmm. So they don't necessarily tell a story costume-wise with that one. In mm-hmm. Mary Poppins Returns, they do more of like the Broadway thing. Right. <laughs> and then also I noticed that the actresses who play Mary Poppins played her differently. Yes. Yes. Um, um, Julie Andrews had more of a poker face the whole show. Right. Movie? But she... Movie, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Emily Blunt had more fun when it was asked for. Right, but she was also more stern with the children too. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. But she, you know, she doesn't give herself away as like this like warm, kind, caring person. She is the stern governess who is going to teach you life lessons. And then when it'll, when it's appropriate, she breaks that and becomes more warm. Like Julie Andrews also did that, but it wasn't to the extremes that Emily Blunt, I feel like. Right. I'm maybe wrong, and I no, sorry, no, I no, sorry, I agree Ms. with Emily you. Blunt and Julie <laughs> Andrews. I'm not reading you to filth or anything. I'm just saying. Uh, one thing that I thought was interesting was the career choices of Mr. Banks and then Michael. So Mr. Banks like worked for the bank, and he was very much like like it's kind of like 
the bank's children represent millennials with boomer parents. <laughs> Is how I put it in my notes. The uh, Mr. Banks, family. yeah, Mr. Banks gotcha. worked at the bank and prioritized work over spending time with his family. Jane became an activist who works at soup kitchens, and Michael is an artist, and both are hella broke. <laughs> but Michael ends up taking the job working for the man because he has to. Right. Right. Not because right. he wants to. I.e., millennial child. <laughs> exactly. So I thought I was like, I, I just thought that was interesting that. Because it's very similar to, you know, like, our parents very much uh, represented, like, stability and, like, financial security and stuff, whereas Courtney and myself are more, like, dream followers. And it's, like, I don't want to just oh. work to make money. I want to work to do something that I love and I'm passionate about. And I felt the same way with, like, I just thought that was interesting that there was that same representation within this family and like yeah michael eventually has to work part-time at the bank but it's because he has to not because he wants to right and he i just thought that was really interesting right he's openly miserable with his job mr banks quite likes working he yeah likes he loves his, his job. job it didn't even occur to him until after step in time and he's having that conversation with bert in the like living room or whatever just how much he's like missing out on his family spending time with his family because he just only focuses on his job. Bert plays reverse psychology on him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> him too. Both of them are therapists. Yes. Oh, and that's another difference too. The male lead. Mm -hmm. I'm saying the male lead, the Cockney male lead. So <laughs> Bert and Jack, their professions are different. Jack has only one job. Right. And mm -hmm. Bert is like, Jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you guys, I feel like we talked these movies to death already. We're already running a little over time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move along to special features. Special features. We've learned when day is done, some stuff and nonsense could be fun. Can you Typically, John and I each take a movie and we do further research. But today, since we have a special guest, uh, and, these, <laughs> and these movies are based on books, I'm actually going to take The Life and Works of P.L. Travers. Annie, you're going to do Mary Poppins. And John, okay. you're going to do Mary Poppins Returns. On it. Well, let's get down to it. Uh, I'll go first since the books came out first. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> These books were written by P.L. Travers, also known as Pamela Linden Travers. Uh, that's actually not her real name, her birth name. She was born Helen Linden Goff, no relation to Jared Goff of the L.A. Rams, um, as far as I know. She was... <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> this is where we sign off now. The Rams quarterback. <laughs> He was a number one pick. Anyway, <laughs> P.L. Travers was born in Australia. Her father's name was Travers Goff. So that's where she gets Travers from her uh, pseudonym uh... from. So the first Mary Poppins book was published in 1934. It has a lot of the same events as depicted in the movie. Um, but there are some major changes. First of all, the character of Mary Poppins is a very stern woman in the books. She is the type of character who does not smile at the children, which 
for the time period, very normal for governesses. Um, and then during the adventures that they went on? Yeah, she, I mean, she wasn't like completely cold to them or anything, but she wasn't what Julie Andrews was. She is similar more to Emily Blunt's characterization, which yeah. is part of why I really liked uh, Emily Blunt's take on her. Um, yeah. Obviously, Julie Andrews is iconic, and it would be foolish to even try to imitate that, but I did don't like that. Dis, don't diss Jane Julie Andrews. She's no, no, listening. no, no. <laughs> She's always listening. She's always. We, we've been saying Mary Poppins way too many times this episode. Yeah. In our mirrors, listening. Mm-hmm. Us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, no, she's obviously like a very wonderful character and, and certainly more appropriate for what 1964's version of a great nanny would be. Right. But that was part of why P.L. Travers had issues with the adaptation of her books was because she didn't feel, she loved Julie Andrews. I want to make that clear. She described Julie Andrews' performance as being marvelous. She did not like that the character was written to be so different than the way she had written her. Oh, so she was more judgmental towards the writing. Right, right. She, She also did not approve of the casting of Dick Van Dyke because she wanted a British actor to play Bert. <laughs> I don't blame her. Yeah. He's great in that movie. I mean, I love everything Dick Van Dyke does, but uh-huh. yeah, I mean. I mean, if the movie hadn't I, come out yet and you were the one who wrote those books, you'd be like, no, I want, this is a very British story. I want Brits in it. <laughs> yeah. Or at and least with somebody accent, with a good golly. I or at mean, least somebody that will do a better accent. Right. <laughs> yeah. She didn't want any animation in the movie either. So another thing that she was very upset with was the j- whole Jolly Holiday, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious sequence. She wanted that cut from the movie entirely. And she actually yelled at Walt Disney at the premiere of the movie because he included that scene uh, against her requests. I'm proud of her. I want to be fair to all sides of this story. She does not seem like she was a very easy woman to work with. But from her perspective, I can see why she was frustrated that they didn't let her have her say. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. Did her books take place in the same time period as the original movie? Yes. Okay. I don't know if this is well represented in the movie, depending on your point of view. She wanted the banks to seem more middle class than the movie made them seem. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like the they, dad... they, they were upwardly mobile. They weren't working class, but they weren't wealthy. They weren't aristocrats. Don't, why are we talking about class again? We just did a whole <laughs> episode about that. <laughs> so I don't know. Have either of you read any of the books? I have not. Okay. I did read the first book when I was in school. I think like fourth grade, we had to read the first book. Well, la dee da. But I never read any of the other books. And I do, I don't remember much about the book, but I do remember being taken aback by how different it was from the movie. But one thing that I do remember, and I went back to look this up just to make sure, there are actually four Banks children in the first Mary Poppins book. Oh. Jane and Michael are the older ones, and they are the ones who go on most of the adventures with Mary Poppins, but they have two toddler siblings, fraternal twins, John and Barbara. (laughs) They couldn't call Annabelle Barbara? Well, in the second book, a fifth Banks child is born, baby Annabelle. They couldn't have just called her Barbara, though? (laughs) 
Well, they couldn't have called her Barbara and then changed Georgie to Annabelle. Just call her fucking Barbara. <laughs> yeah. I oh, think that's it's a horrendous because name. That was almost my name. I love Barbara. Barbara was our grandmother's name. Oh, I like that, but my nickname was supposed to be Barbie. So, Although so no, glad they didn't choose that name. Now, cool. now thinking about it, their initials spell out Jag. <laughs> I, I can see why they didn't adapt those three younger children into the original Mary Poppins because John and Barbara are only supposed to be one or two years old, so they didn't do much anyway. So mm -hmm. it just made sense to only have the two kids who do shit and then just forget about the other ones. But I liked that they brought some of those names back in later. I mean, for all we know, they were in the movie. We just never saw them because they were too young to go on the adventures. Yeah, or, yeah. And then they died of consumption before the second movie started. Oh no! <laughs> they, John went to World War One and he choked on mustard <laughs> gas and he's dead now. Annie, you have the first movie, so take it away. Yes. <laughs> so here are some special features about Mary Poppins. Uh, first, I just want to talk about how the movie did at the Academy Awards. Um, for 1964, it was nominated for 13 categories in total. And there's two that I definitely won, including Best Actress for Julie Andrews. I mean, come on. Uh, yeah. yeah. Bow down, <laughs> bitches. Yeah, exactly. And was Best her, Visual her... Effects. Ooh. Oh. Mm. I and didn't even know they had that award back then. Me either. Me either. And it also was the only Disney film to be nominated for Best Picture during Walt Disney's lifetime. So for a while, and even wow. still, it's kind of considered like Walt Disney's like crowning achievement of mm -hmm. a movie just mm -hmm. because of how successful it was and, and how like memorable and iconic it still is. Mm -hmm. Well, Annie, you can probably confirm this and this might be something you were going to say anyway, but wasn't Feed the Birds Walt Disney's personal favorite song in any of his movies? Yes. Yeah, that was his all-time favorite Disney song. And it, you can still hear it like in uh, Magic Kingdom at the, like the Fantasyland Carousel. You can hear them playing Feed the Birds. Yeah. Because that was like his song. Yeah. It's a beautiful song. I it can is. See. I love the music. Yeah. Speaking of which, the inspiration for the song A Spoonful of Sugar was the polio vaccine. Because uh, apparently what they would do, like like you would take the spoonful of medicine or whatever, and they would put like a sugar cube on there to make it like essentially taste better. So I don't want to get too political, but take that, anti-vaxxers. <laughs> they do mention, they, wow. they, they make a reference to that in Saving Mr. Banks, but that was one of those things where I was like, are they just saying that? It's apparently true. Uh, one of the Sherman brothers uh, saw a clip of him talking about that because his son had to take the vaccine and he asked his son in how bad it was. And he was like, oh, they gave me like a sugar cube. So it wasn't that bad. And then that yeah. was kind of like the inspiration. So contrary to popular belief, Dick Van Dyke was not a dancer when he played the role of Bert. He had only recently learned how to dance for his role in the Broadway show Bye Bye Birdie. God damn. Yeah, really? I mean, yeah. And <laughs> You know, rewatching, I was like, but he was so he was so good, and like the scene where he's dancing with the penguins is so memorable. I was just always like, wow, he's so talented. But like, he had just learned how to dance. Wow. You think about the Dick Van Dyke show. The beginning, he trips and falls over the ottoman. 
chair yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So he he's a mover, right? But a dancer is a different title, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. then also it has been said that his accent in the movie is the most atrocious Cockney accent in cinema history. But accurate. And Van Dyke's vocal coach was Irish. And Van Dyke said oh, in an interview once no. that his vocal coach's accent was no better than his. So like he <laughs> 100% blames his Irish vocal coach. <laughs> Just throw that guy under the bus. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and, like, listening to the movie today was, like, kind of hints of his accent you can kind of see as being Irish a little bit every once in a while. Yeah, I guess some of the vowels come out that way. Yeah, so, or, like, maybe they yeah. should have Step picked... in time? Step in time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, step in time. Step in time. Like, come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then the last thing that I found out recently um, was that Julie Andrews almost didn't take the role of Mary Poppins. This would have been devastating if she hadn't. So just like the, I don't think the movie would be nearly as classic as it is today without her. Because it really, that was I the start that. of her movie career. I knew that. Well, I knew that they had other people in mind for Mary Poppins. Um, and I knew that this was like her her first real big movie role. I didn't know that she almost turned it down. Like I, and, I and the I reason why somewhere. she turned it down, I didn't know either. It was because she was pregnant mm-hmm. oh, okay. when Walt Disney first offered her the role, okay. and then Disney was like, "Okay, well, we'll wait until you have the baby, and then we'll <laughs> and then we'll start can producing I, it." Can I go now? Because I yeah. have a good sexy segue for that. There's nothing sexier than a pregnant Julie Andrews. Emily Blunt was pregnant during filming of this movie. What? Another thing they have in common. That that I knew. (laughs) And, okay, so Dame Julie Andrews endorsed Emily Blunt, basically. And then also they offered her a role as the balloon lady at the end. Mm -hmm. But she turned it down saying, this is Emily's show and I really want it to be Emily's show. So then they hired Angela Lansbury, who they were interested in in making the original Mary Poppins. And she was pregnant when she was the balloon lady? Knew it. (laughs) (laughs) I did know Angela Lansbury was on the table for Mary Poppins um, because that's part of why she got cast in Bedknobs and Broomsticks. But I was just like, oh, that's so, that's so amazing that it's all like circle, cyclical and things like that. Speaking of cameos, Karen Dotris, I think I'm saying her last name right, mm-hmm. the original Jane Banks actress, mm-hmm. is the woman looking for 19 Cherry Tree Lane. Oh, so okay. When you're watching the movie, if all of a sudden you're like, why does this random person have a moment on screen? That's, that's the why. original Jane. And it's interesting because she's talking to the new Jane. So It does. And, that that one like makes that. me sad because I know the actor who played the original Michael passed away when he was only like 20 years old. The, oh, that's the, so sad. And I read that um, the actress who played Winifred is also is alive too, but she wasn't, I don't know if she was offered a cameo, but she's retired from acting. So mm. do you really want to be sad? Because I'm going to make you sad with this fact. Where the lost things go, you know the teddy bear that Mary Poppins gives to John. Mm-hmm. Um, that's his real life teddy bear that was knitted by his nan and great aunt, both of whom passed away before the release of the movie. 
given the theme of the song, this was a significant moment in the production for the actor Nathaniel Say. <laughs> Sorry to be a downer, guys. I pulled that from IMDb, but I was just like, oh, oh, the feels. That, that makes me want to rewatch that, like after finishing a bottle of red wine and just like Cry. sobbing. Have now all the- I'm experiencing my own personal Great Depression. <laughs> I hate you. Um, uh, so you brought up Academy Awards. I only wanted to point this mention out for the Academy Awards. Sandy Powell, the costume designer, was nominated, but lost to a Marvel movie. She what? lost to Ruthie Carter for Black Panther. Oh, okay. Oh, Never mind. okay. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Granted, it's either way, it would have been a win for Disney. Right. Mm-hmm. But she lost to that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I love mean, the costumes and returns, but uh, Black Panther is on a whole different level. Yeah. The, the term leery that they use is actually a Scottish word mm. um, for lamp for lamplighter. And it was first written in 1812, but it may have been said for longer than that. Mm-hmm. But the first time it was, the first recorded writing of it was in mm-hmm. 1812. And then I read on Wikipedia, so here's a giant grain of salt I'm throwing at both of you. Uh, <laughs> Rob Marshall has stated that a third film might happen. Huh. Obviously, they have, how many books does she write? She wrote several. I, I believe I, I read that only three of them are really narrative books and the rest one, the rest of them are basically collections of short stories. Yeah, so... They have material to work yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there are also scenes in the books that they cut from the movies because they couldn't quite figure it out or the movies just weren't long enough. Or so there's... Yeah, for the original, they had like 30 songs. Wow. Originally. I know. So they had a lot of songs that they cut. Hi, Morris. Annie's cat has joined the chat. <laughs> <laughs> That's his take on the movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, too many dogs, not enough cats in them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and a lot of the other stuff that I found on IMDb was all like Easter eggs and comparing yeah. to both the books and the mo- and the original. And I was like, mm. but I don't want to say that just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Annie, um, did you have more going back to the first movie um, regarding Disney World? Yeah, so here's some of the notes that I have. There's really not a lot known about it, but last year... Uh, Walt Disney World at the D23 Expo announced that they were going to start constructing a first ever Mary Poppins attraction. Um, Yeah, and it was slated to come to Epcot's United Kingdom Pavilion and World Showcase as part of a Cherry Tree Lane expansion. Mm. They didn't really release a lot of details, so kind Mm. of like the fan rumors was that it was going to be kind of like a flat ride, I guess similar to that of like the Great Movie Ride or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but with projections from the movie and you would like actually walk down cherry tree lane walk past the admiral's house like that looks like the big ship and then you would actually go into 17 cherry tree lane and that's where the ride would take place cool and this will just be an expansion of england in epcot yeah so towards the back of the pavilion there's like this courtyard that's not really used courtney and i've been there before because they I guess they don't do it anymore, but they used to do like a like a British Mania rock concert. It was actually really yes. awesome. Yeah, British Invasion. 
Yeah, that's what it was. I guess they don't really do that anymore because that's where the expansion was supposed to take place was in that courtyard because it's not it's not used very much. So that's where they were going to have it. But the planning and construction for this expansion has been postponed indefinitely. Thanks, Aww. pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this was and this was announced in 2019 or in this year, 2020. I, I want to say t 2019. Okay. I remember being very excited when I heard about it because, again, like Mary Poppins has always been one of my favorite Disney characters, just in, like in general of all the mm -hmm. Disney movies. I've always loved Mary Poppins. I so can I'm verify really that. Excited. Yeah. I was very, very the, excited. She's in Magic Kingdom, right? Sometimes you can see her. Mostly where you, like, if you want to have like a picture with her typically where you would do that was the united kingdom pavilion in epcot but she can be seen sometimes like on main street in magic kingdom and what is she wearing the jolly holiday supercalifragilistic mm -hmm. mm -hmm. and bert is wearing the like the, the same, same costume not yeah, the drop crotch one sadly no <laughs> unfortunately special feature <laughs> All right, well, that brings us to our final thoughts for this movie. Each episode we do this, we ask five questions at the end. Um, sometimes we answer multiple questions in the same answer, so it's not always five. It happens. <laughs> First question, can we think of other movies like this? Annie, you're our guest, you take it away. All right, so I have two right off the cusp that 100% are very similar to Mary Poppins, so if you enjoy either of Either of those movies, I recommend watching these two as well. The first is The Sound of Music, which came out in 65. Well, is the second movie The King and I? <laughs> How did you know? Because we, we did that three, three episodes, episodes ago. ago. <laughs> the, the second movie I have actually is not The King and I. I almost put that, but Courtney did tell me that you had talked about it a few episodes ago. So I was like, I don't want to be too redundant. But one movie that I have seen before, I actually really enjoyed, was Nanny McPhee. Mm -hmm. okay. and, yeah. and Nanny McPhee Returns, the sequel. Yeah. But I believe Nanny McPhee was actually written by Emma Thompson as well. Oh, so, really? Yeah, so she is the creator of Nanny McPhee, and she played the creator of Mary Poppins. Yeah, and it's and and again, it has Colin Firth, who's mm. in Mary Poppins Returns, and he's a widower, just like Michael is in Mary Poppins Returns. So there's a lot of like similarities. She's a magical nanny who, you know, is that one? That one? Well, that's like the glue that brings these two movies that we just did and The Sound of Music together, because <laughs> you've got the magical elements. Mm -hmm. You've got, um, obviously, a nanny story. And then mm -hmm. to tie it into The Sound of Mucus, you have <laughs> seven children. Right. Mm -hmm. So. And they are much more misbehaved than the Banks children in either of these movies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. The, the Von Trapp kids are just assholes <laughs> yeah just, Sorry. they all think they're better than you and they date nazis i mean <laughs> well speaking of nazis there's also bed knobs and broomsticks starring angela lansbury oh, yeah, uh, she fights the nazis and it is yeah. a classic i wouldn't say it's as 
popular as Mary Poppins, but it definitely still is. It, it hasn't. It it didn't reach the icon status that Mary yeah. Poppins has, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. John, do you have any? You guys said it all. I'm gonna throw in the King and I just because we did it, but <laughs> great. It, it's this. It's similar. You know, a governess comes in and changes everyone's life. Yeah. The end. Yeah. Next question: Did we like these movies? Fuck yes. I forgot how beautiful Mary Poppins, the original one, is. Oh, I w- God, it's incredible. I was a little, before rewatching it, I was a little scared because <laughs> I was like, I loved it as a kid. Mm-hmm. And you know when you have that thing, you watch something as a kid and you love it and then you revisit it as an adult and it's hot garbage? <laughs> yeah. I was just like, was it just a childhood fever dream or is it actually good? And no, it's fantastic. It so is. You yourself had a grown-up Banks sibling arc watching Mary Poppins and remembering <laughs> yeah. the magic. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I saw Mary Poppins Returns in theaters and openly wept <laughs> in there. And then now watching it again alone in my apartment, I openly wept even more. <laughs> and I'm like, but I've seen it already. Why yeah. am I crying? So... To, just to piggyback off that, you know, Mary Poppins is probably one of my favorite movie musicals of all time. Just like, oh my gosh, just the music itself is, <laughs> it's, it's just so, like, it just gives me the chills. Or it gives me goosebumps, you know, the music is so great. And Dick Van Dyke and Julie Andrews are both amazing actors and they play amazing characters. It, it's definitely one of those movies that I feel like everybody should see. Because I feel like there's something in it for everyone to enjoy. It's just pleasant. It's just a pleasant movie. Yeah. Mary Poppins Returns. I have to say, I wasn't going into it hoping to like it. Just because I love Mary Poppins so much. And to me, it was like one of those movies that didn't need a sequel. It just, I just felt like yeah. there was no necessity for that. Oh, However, yeah. I do agree with the costuming. It was really beautiful. I think they did a great job casting. Lin-Manuel Miranda was great. Emily Blunt, uh, Ben Wishaw, Emily Warnemer. Oh, even Ben Wishaw. We did, I, I didn't even mention this before. I loved Ben Wishaw. I, I thought he Banks. did great. Yeah. So, so that made me enjoy it a lot more was, was the cast. And, and mm-hmm. I agree that like Emily's version of Mary Poppins was different than Julie Andrews. So I like that too. Cause it wasn't like she was just trying to like copy. Right. It, it would have been, first of all, an insult to any actor to just say, do an imitation of another actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but also it, you know, it gives her more freedom. It allowed her to put her own spin on a character um, and I, I really appreciate that they gave her the room to do that. And, and uh, I liked a lot of the songs too. I really, really liked the cover is not a book song. I just thought it was really catchy and fun. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think it's worth checking out. Yeah, I loved, love, 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 will always love the original Mary Poppins. Um, and it works differently as an adult, you know, watching it. I Obviously, as a kid, I related to Jane and Michael, and I loved Mary Poppins, and I loved Bert. And this time around, I was like, wow, Mr. Banks is a fantastic character. He's very well-rounded. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Really, it's his story. Yes. More yeah, so than anyone else's. I didn't really pick up on that until this time around. Because mm-hmm. obviously, we have ingrained in us Mary Poppins' moments. Right. Right. But it's a Mr. Banks story. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, which is why they named the the biopic about P.L. Travers saving Mr. Banks. <laughs> and then Mary Poppins Returns. Also, I liked it more than I thought I would. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily one I'm going to be rewatching again. The songs were good, but I don't think any of them are going to be stuck in my head the way that the original songs do. Yeah. Um, but I did, and, and I can't put my finger on it. There was some quality about it where I was like, this just doesn't feel as cinematic as the first one, even though they're trying to shoehorn all these action scenes in there. Like, there was just something about it that I was like, this feels a little too, little too stiff. I can't quite put my finger on it. It's the camera language or something like that. The camera language okay. feels less cinematic to me. It feels a little more television to me. Mm, I can see that. Yeah, so I would say that I didn't hate watching, I, I, I enjoyed watching Mary Poppins Returns. I don't know that I would watch it again, which brings us to the next question. Would we watch these movies again? Yes, I'd watch them again. Yes, I would watch the original Mary Poppins again. I don't think I'd watch uh, Mary Poppins Returns again. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, Would we recommend these movies? Definitely recommend the first one. I'd say watch the the, the sequel just to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I especially I, if you really, really like the original, then it's worth it to watch. Yeah, the second yeah. one. I don't yeah. think it's a waste of time at all. No. I I'm wouldn't. Not, I, I'm I wouldn't. not asking you to love it. I'm just saying, just watch it. Right, and, you and, know, it yeah. means it. And finally, are these movies the same? Fuck yes. Yeah. Not not even. They're identical. <laughs> There's not even a little bit. Beat for beat, they're the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The I only mean, difference. The, another difference that we didn't say is that Jane doesn't have a solo song. Like, yeah, that's, that's the thing. true. But she didn't need one. Right. She, yeah, she gets a little more screen time than Winifred does. So Winifred kind of needed a song to like even things out a little bit. Yes. <laughs> Jane is a lot more involved. Um, great. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. If you want to disagree with us or if you want to agree with us, find us on the social medias. Uh, you can find me at Cookie O'Shady on Twitter. John, would you like to plug your Twitter? Uh, it's at Movies John with no age. And why would you disagree with us? They are goddamn the same. <laughs> Annie, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, sure. I have an Instagram account and I like to post pictures with my cats on there. So if you like cute cats, you can follow me at A underscore O-G-R-E-A-T-Y. O-G-R-E-A-T-Y. <laughs> and I'm also on Twitter, but I never go on it, so don't bother. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you want to contact us as a podcast, uh, again, to yell at us that we're wrong, please don't yell. We don't like that. You can email us at moviedejavupod at gmail.com. It's spelled M-O-V-I-E. D-E-J-A-V-U-P-O-D at gmail.com. We are also on Instagram at Movie Deja Vu Pod. And we are on Twitter at Movie Deja Vu. There is no pod. No pod because we're continuity. If you have an idea for a future episode, you can send that to us too. We want to do audience requests. We have 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 one one. planned coming up. Yes. Actually, that's next week, right? (laughs) I think so. Oh my yeah. God, yes. Yes, next week is our first <laughs> fan submission. Um, if you want to join along with us, we're watching, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> we're watching Ever After, a Cinderella story, you know, the one with Drew Barrymore. <laughs> and then we're also, we're comparing that to <laughs> Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Jupiter Ascending. Sure. <laughs> um, and one final thing to plug 
if this episode comes out when it's supposed to come out uh, and you're listening to it on the day it came out, that means that tomorrow is November 3rd. And if you live in the United States of America and you are registered to vote, please go go uh, exercise your right that women like Winifred please. Banks <laughs> fought for. Please. Votes. Please, I implore you. <laughs> Please go I, vote. I, I don't know. We are we actually are. dying. <laughs> Until next time. Bye. 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 Bye.